0: okay so i'm going to tell you a story and this story is up to you if you want to believe it or not but it is a true story now this story has been told to me by someone who spoke to the original person of this story so for me if the person who experienced it tells one person that's first-hand information if that person tells another person it's second-hand information so i'm going to say that the information I'm going to give you is secondhand information. So I don't have every detail, but I can give you um, good, a good much of the information that will actually tell this entire story. So by the time I start these stories, or because it's not just one, this is just the, the foundation. And there are many other stories tied to this one. And you'll see why when I tell you this one. And this one is pretty much what you would call a ghost story. So this is a ghost story. And it is a real story. And in fact, if you want to check this, you can actually check the newspaper. I think it's the Tribune. They have a snippet of this that actually happened back in the 1970s here in the Bahamas, actually here in New Providence. So I'm going to give you the lay of the land, exactly where this house is. Um and so you could pass this house if you want to. The, the actual house isn't there no more. But the property is there. There's something else on that property right now. But I'm going to give you that it's because that's important. That's going to is a lot entailed in that. So I want you guys to have an, an understanding of exactly why other things are tied to that. OK, because it's a very interesting history. Now, we live in a time where. um You hear stories of ghosts or aliens or whatever it is. These things may or may not be true. It could be that someone's hallucinating. It could be that you were seeing things or it could be something that you just cannot explain. And that's the point of all these stories. So I'm going to give this um, idea of the story. And I, I have to let you know, I've written about this story before. And every time I write or talk about this, it's very difficult to get this off. Even trying to do this recording, I've been trying now for about a few weeks. Once I made my mind up to say, you know what, I'm going to tell the story again. Something always comes up once I get into the story. So I have to start over or the audio wasn't working or something wasn't recorded right or something happens. So <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I'm not saying that it's cursed or anything, but it's just that weird things. I know the last time I had this on a website, I had it written and people were reading it. And a website that was secure somehow got literally wiped clean. Uh, But that's another story um, to tell. I think I'll tell that story a bit later on. So hopefully I can get this one off and finish this one. It's going to be a quick story, but there's a lot packed into this. So I need you to pay attention because every other story I tell you after this is going to be tied to this. Okay. It's going to make a whole lot of sense. So this is the story of the haunted house in Centerville like I said, this is documented. You can find it in the newspaper clippings. And a lot of older folks, anyone in their late, late 50s, mid 60s, would know about this, who lived in that area. So anywhere within the Centerville area, people would know about that. Not many people talk about it. And for a number of years, people tried to suppress it. So this story did not get out. So I'm hoping that this can get out to let you all know that yeah, something happened. Okay. Now I'm I'm a bit nervous because every time I talk about it, it brings up a lot of um other things that happened. So it's kind of difficult um, when I'm when I'm talking about these things. But anyway, I'll I'll do my best to get the story out to you and tell you guys the truth exactly what happened. Now, I'm not going to give names of anyone, so I'm just going to be. General with what I talk about, Let, let's see what happens. So we know the area is Centerville. In fact, it's actually right on Collins Avenue. So let's give the lay of the land. If you come on Wolf Road and you turn onto Collins Avenue, so you now be heading north on Collins Avenue, you pass that school right there on the corner. Um, I think it's William Garden now. Back in the day, was split between two: was Columbus Primary and William Garden. So I don't know which one is either William Garden or Columbus Primary that they call it now. The, the, the whole school adopted the same name. So as you pass that school, you come around a curve, and on the the end of that curve, before you can see that straight shot up towards the hill, there is a corner, the first corner on the left. As you go through that corner right on the corner of Collins Avenue and whatever the name of that corner is, probably 8th Terrace or whatever. I'm not too sure. Or 9th. Ter- I don't know. Whatever the terrace is, whatever that corner is right on the corner, that is where the property is. So usually before you reach that, you see a tall wall. That's Collins wall. And, and that has a lot to do with this as well. So I'm going to bring that up a bit later on. So I just want to, I want you to have an idea of where it is. So you're coming from Wolfford up Collins Avenue when you come around the curve, the first corner on the left right by Collins wall, that's the property there's a two story uh building that's building right now. it's been on pause for a long time, so the original house is no longer there, but i want i'm going to describe all that to you like I mentioned this is a second hand information. I was too young to know to um see any of these things when it happened, so I had to get the story from someone who actually was old enough to remember it. So here's the story. So there were two friends um, that really they were really, really close friends. And one of these guys, these friends, lived in that house. So he was he had a wife and they had a child. I'll talk about the child a little bit later. But these two guys were really, really good friends, man. They used to do everything together, you know, play dominoes, play cards, go drinking, partying, whatever it is. They were very, very close. (laughs) And it's so funny. Someone spoke the other day about, um, in the Bible, David and Jonathan, and they said that they were so close. People were trying to say that they were gay. But anyway, it was just that they were very, very close, that they bonded. Well, these people had, they had that type of bond. They were very, very close. So they did everything together. You know, for years, they grew up together. They they didn't work together, but every time they got off, they used to always be together. Even their wives couldn't separate them. So, because both of them were married. So anyway, what happened was, The gentleman of the ghost house, he died and his friend was so grief stricken. He just withdraw from society. You know, he just couldn't take it. Even his wife was trying to figure out what to do with him. He wasn't, you know, going to work, wasn't paying the bills, wasn't doing things he normally did. So that family kind of got almost ruined by this gentleman, the other gentleman dying. So what happened was sooner or later, he started to bounce back you know the wife saw him he, he was you know going out and being around people and, and starting to get back to work and doing things and getting things done around the house so she felt good she thought that okay well he finally got over it and realized that okay his friend is not there so she didn't pay it any mind he kept on doing these things what she didn't know or unbeknownst to her he was actually doing some underhanded things and today we call them witches they were also called witches back in the day but we know them as voodoo people All right. Someone who can do voodoo or cast spells and so on and so forth. There were persons who were able to do that. I think they still exist today, but he went to one of these people because he wanted to talk to his friend one more time. So he was inquiring, how can he talk to his friend? And of course the voodoo person, I think it was a guy. They didn't say it was a male or female, but anyway, they told him what to do. Of course there was a payment for this. And so that's why he went back to work and he got this ritual That he was supposed to do at the grave site Now as it was told to me And I I cannot confirm or deny this But a part of the story that was told to me Was that the gentleman who died He was deep within the lodge And as you know when you die as a lodge member They would come to your church And you know back in the day It's even more secretive than it was now You know some people talk a little bit about it But back then um, you didn't talk It was very 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 secretive so people didn't know what they were doing there. So they came there just like normal, and they stood by the coffin um, throughout the straight service, service. Now, the problem was that the service was happening in the evening. And you might hear, like, old people would say you don't bury people um, after sunset. I don't know if it's a law or not, but you would hear people talk about that all the time. Anyway, it came so that getting this person in the ground was came coming very close to sunset. So whatever things that the large people had to do, they had to do it in the dark. So this was the story that was spread around because I confirmed this with some other persons in the neighborhood. They said that, yeah, they were inside the gravesite after dark and they were doing their things and other people were not allowed in the gravesite. And I'm not going to tell you where the gravesite is, but they said there were other people there. So apparently that was very important to this story. Anyway, fast forward now, the best friend wanted to talk to his friend for for just one more time. So he got this ritual from this person, uh, this witch or warlock or whatever you want to call them, and he went to the gravesite. And the story says that he went to the gravesite, did what he's supposed to do, and he called up the spirit of his best friend. Now, I'm going to pause there and interject something of my belief. I believe that we all have familiar spirits attached to us. The Bible kind of talks about it, and you hear other people like mediums who talk about it when they, when they are able to tell you things about yourself. A familiar spirit is a spirit that follows you around, and it knows everything that you've done since you were born. So if I'm a medium, I will talk to that spirit and the spirit would tell me something about you that no one else would know because the spirit was with you. And this is why you're usually so shocked. Like, oh, yeah, that's true. That that happened for real. So anyway, um, what happened was when the situation went down, he went to the gravesite and he called up his friend. He ended up calling up this familiar spirit. Now, was it just one or many? I don't know. But he started asking the spirit questions and the the spirit was answering and he said you know ask him things that only them two would know him and his friend would know and of course the spirit answered properly so he was there a while and he started to talk But the thing is the spirit started to trick him and got him to drop his guard so somehow whatever he was using whatever the spell required him to um keep that spirit there he broke it Whether intentionally or by mistake, uh, we don't know. Now, reports of that, of course, talking around town was that they heard a loud scream at the, the cemetery. So, you know, and they don't know if it was the man or the spirit who got out, but it got out. Now, the best friend did all he could to actually... Um, put the spirit back in the ground. So he, you know, it it was a ritual to call it up and put it back. That was the whole idea. So he did the ritual again to see if he put it back. So he probably put something back, but not everything. Something got out. But he didn't notice at the time. Anyway, so he did the ritual and closed up whatever portal he opened up and went home. So now he's nervous trying to figure out exactly did he or did he not. So he started checking on the widow, like, you okay? Everything good here, helping her out around the house, giving her some money because she wasn't working at that time or whatever. And then, you know, just taking care of things around his house and t- just passed by and nothing really happened. So sooner or later he passed away. And of course, by the time he passed away, from what I understand, he told some people about what he did, told his wife about what he did. And that's how more information came out about what happened in that graveyard. Now, I don't have all the details of that. I only have a summary of what happened there. That's what I just told you. So now the secret is out. But he did something. He called up a spirit. He, something might have gotten out, something might not. But he put it back in and nothing happened between when he was there and when he was dying. So he passed on. And again, nothing much really happened. But this is where my first-hand information that I got, that person went to the widow an actor of the story that led up to the event that it's now printed in the newspaper. And that's pretty much where the story starts. So I'm going to tell you that story. I'm going to tell you like, as if I was the one she was telling to, because that's how it was told to me. So I'm just going to tell you exactly what happened. So here, here, here's the, the overall story. So, the widow, she used to stay at home because she was not working. Her daughter was, you know, a full grown lady now. And she was going out working and taking care of the bills in the house. So she never used to work. Now the widow, um, you know, old school people, um, they smoke pipes. So she always smoked pipes. So she had a, one of those old um, cigarette ashtrays. Uh, older folks might remember them. There were these thick glass, usually green, <laughs> you know, these very, very thick glass. And you see, you know, people have them in their home for smoking and just put the ashes inside of it. So let me describe the, the property itself. It was a, if I remembered when growing up because people were still in the house when I was growing up. In fact, I, one of my friends um, who used to play with in the neighborhood lived there. And I'll tell you about him a bit later on. But I remember the house being green. So every time I tell a story, I remember it's a green house. OK, I might be incorrect because memory sometimes fails. But I do remember green, but green like old green. Like when paint peels off a, off a wood, but not peel, it's just like you scrape it. So there's no peeling. It's just that you could almost see the wood beneath it. So it was like that. It wasn't completely. It was just green, but you could see little patches. So it was a little wear and tear because it was just the widow and his and her and her daughter. So there was a small wall in front of the the property, um, probably three or four feet high. And I don't ever remember remember it being painted. So it just had like this grayish color to it. It had finishing on it, but so it wasn't rough, but it was never really looked like it was painted. And then a small black gate. I can't remember there was a side gate, but I just remember the small black gate that was in front of the house. So when you walk in the yard, it was always patchy. It wasn't like a lot of grass. They had like the, what we call crab grass, that that lumpy little one. Little patches of that around the place, but mainly little small rocks. And the rocks were almost uniform. There wasn't like big pieces of rocks or small rocks. Just all these rocks around the place. It was a rocky property. It wasn't. Nothing like lawn. If you lawn, that you to break up your lawn more or something. And then, of course, there was a coconut tree in the front and coconut trees in the back. And I think there was a tree over to the right hand side of the property. Now, when you reach to the house, there was a porch, just a front porch. That's it. So you have to walk up on this front porch, wooden floor. And there's the front door. But as you walk towards it, to the right was a bedroom. I've never seen that bedroom. But just remember one window in the front. If you go through the front door, um, they had a couch. Uh, that was like not by the door. If, like you're sitting in the couch, you would have to turn to your left to look outside. And in front of that was a table. And on this table is where she had that. Um, I always remember that big green um, ashtray. Across from that was a small table, almost like a dinner table or something. I don't know. And then it was a wall so because there was probably another room on the other side. Um, so this is just the front room area. So the place you could come in and sit. There was a chair over there as well. I think it was a chair and a table. And then um, like a, a, I wouldn't say a chair. It was more like a couch. I don't know. I can't remember. I just remember it was something you could sit in. And there was a small china closet um, further back. Like if you're standing at the door straight ahead, you have the couch and then straight ahead again was a door like a, to go in a hallway and you go to the left or the right in that hallway to the right. You go to that bedroom. And you slightly to the right was another door, which was the bathroom. And then if you go to the left, you go into the kitchen. So and then from the kitchen, as you I've never been in the kitchen, but in the kitchen, I think they had red and white tiles on the ground or black and white tiles. I can't remember. But anyway, if you open a back door and if you stood at the front door and, and moved to the right, you could look straight through the front room, through the hallway, through the kitchen, straight through the back door. And you could see the wall and the trees on the outside. So it's like one. It's a very small house. Okay. Probably one or two bedrooms. That's all I could think about. So I pretty much knew the front room where the bathroom was and where the kitchen was. But I know the other ones were probably bedrooms. Okay. So that's how it looks. Quaint little house, man. You know, probably build that out of hands. I don't remember if it's on blocks or if it had a foundation. I just don't remember. But I do know you had to step up onto the porch to get into the house. So that's how the house looked. So anyway... What she used to do was in the evenings in the morning, sorry, when she wake up, she would open up the windows. Now I do remember one of the windows on the side where the bedroom was was one of those windows. You had to, had to like, it had a hinge. So you had to push it out and then put a stick to hold it open. Now, I remember this from when I was growing up because you had know, a lot of houses had that I can't remember the windows in the front, if they were like that, or they had shutters. I just, I just know there were windows there. Um, Even the door had like that Z. I always call it like a Z door. So you you build planks on this like a Z just to hold it together. That's how the back door was built. So she would sit down. She would open up all the windows. You know, old people let the the cold out or let the heat in, whatever it is, whatever thing they just say. That's why they open up the house. You say, open up the house, let it flow. And it was always a little breezy. So you could get a little breeze blowing through the house and keep the house cool. Anyway. So she's open up the house and then sit down and do whatever she has to do. Sometimes you see her. She would sit down and smoke a pipe right there on the couch. So as the story goes, she was sitting down in the evening time and she heard this, like someone threw a rock on the roof. So it's click 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 rock drop on the floor. Didn't pay no mind. And she heard again, click 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 click, and these rocks, like someone throwing rocks on the roof. So she saying was the kids because remember now she's by that wall. So when the school out, as kids were passing, they could throw things over um, over the wall and it would drop on her, her roof. Now, she was not the kindness of people, <laughs> you know, so kids didn't really like it that much. And it makes sense why she would think this would be going on. So anyway, you know, they tell me every time she heard this, like someone throwing rocks so she... She couldn't walk too well, but she would get up and go there and, of course, cuss and row your children no, nah, 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 whatever she has to say and cuss the kids out. And then, you know, but when she reached around the wall, no one was there. So she said the kids probably ran away anyway. So she didn't pay no mind. And this happened, you know, for about a week, two weeks, just every so often on and off around the same time, like. Like about one, two, three o'clock, somewhere around there. You usually in the midday, this was happening. So she's trying to figure out what's going on, what's all this noise. We'll keep on throwing these rocks. So, of course, she was talking to the neighbors and telling them, oh, you keep your children away, you ought me to, to watch your child. You know, like I said, she wasn't a nice person. So she was a bit upset about that. Anyway, so that happened for a while, but she didn't pay much attention to it. So when things started to kick off that started to be weird, one morning she woke up and um, she was going out. So she didn't open up the house this time, put on the clothes and she's walking out the gate and there was these boots um, at the front gate. So she thought it was a daughter's boots. So she took the boots and, you know, of course, cussing and thing, but put the boots and put it on the porch because it had this dirt on it. And now she described it, it was like it was dirty. It was like mud or old dirt that was dry, but not completely dry. Like someone just was walking through something and they just walked there and then, you know, it just didn't completely dry. So she just took it and, oh, I don't know what this girl put this here for, and put it on the porch and went about a day. So she came home, was there on the porch, so she opened up the house and did what she normally do, sit down, smoke or do whatever. And then because her daughter was working different shifts, her daughter would leave before she wake up in the morning and sometimes come home when she had already gone to sleep. So they would keep, they keep missing each other. But it was a weekend. That she woke up and the daughter was there and she opened up the house as normal. And then she said, why you put these boots inside? The daughter's like, what boots are you talking about? Say what? Your boots right outside. Why you, why you leave them inside? Go clean them boots and bring them inside. She said, mommy, I don't own no boots. She said, "What well, who boots are these are? Daughter came out there. I thought they were your boots. She said, I don't wear boots. What are you be wearing boots for? I don't know where to go with no boots. So they were like arguing about these boots. So she's like, well, let's see in your boots. Let's see in my boots. I don't leave these boots. Yeah. So she took them. And like went more like into the corner and there had some bushes in the backyard. and she threw them in the bushes. She said, well, I, whoever wanted them boots, if they come looking for that, they can go look for it in the bush. So she threw the boots away. So the next morning they wake up again, open up the house and lo and behold, the boots on the porch again. Oh, man. She started cussing and carrying on by these effing children. Nah, 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 nah. Who didn't playing with this kind of game they have? Yeah, of course, the neighborhood is hearing this because she's a loud person. So she grabbed the boots again, you know, wearing a nightgown. <laughs> she went out in a nightgown, walked down the street, way in the back, and threw them in different parts of the, the bush bushes, you know. Throw one piece on one side, and throw the next one on the other side. Come back, cussing, and open up the house, do whatever she got to do. Sit down, smoke a pipe. So now she' a little nervous, like, find friggin' who put these boots here? Who could have find them boots in the bush and bring them Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you just wonder, like, oh, I probably didn't throw it far enough. And someone saw them and just thought it was there. So she just brushed it off. Anyway, went through the day, open. gone that night, wake up early in the morning, open up. And of course, won't you know it, the boots are not just on the side. Because when you open the door, what she's saying is like, you have to open the door and look to the right of the porch. It was there on the porch. But this morning, when she opened the door, the boots were on the porch right in front of the door. Like facing her. Like the toes facing her. I say, Lord, she feel all her blood leave her body. <laughs> She's like, well, I know. I throw these boots in two different parts of the bush. No way someone could find both boots and bring them back. Oh, Lord, they'll barely start breaking now. So she run inside, boy. Go on, you start. Because, <laughs> you know, something like that, you know you throw them away. So she trying to figure out what she could do. She say, like, oh, no, uh, Y'all ain't playing no game with me. So this time she took one of them old people's scissors. You know, big they cut cloth with. Because everybody used to sew back in the day. So she took them and she cut up the boots. She cut them up, boy, and she threw them away. She threw them away. She said, Oh, you ain't gonna put this pack on me. So anyway, the next day now, which is what the fourth day, she reluctantly opened the door, looking to see if the boots there. No boots. So she's like, Oh, I know they couldn't do that. I don't keep playing these games on me with these children I can catch them. <laughs> so mine was put at ease that so nothing was going on so things started to get a little bit more active in the house. She would wake up and go out when she would come back. Um, she would meet the cupboard door cupboard in the kitchen. The doors open, you know, didn't pay much mind. She probably left in there, went out again, come back, plates removed. Things are starting to move around the house that she, she's trying to figure out, you know, did I move them? Did my daughter move? Because they, like I say, they were missing each other. So it's possible that the daughter could have come and do some stuff and just forgot. So, she wasn't really thinking that something weird going on. It's just why this girl keep on moving things or open stuff. So one day, when she opened up the house and she was getting ready to go out, so she started to close the house up. And um, so she closed everything up, and she was putting on the clothes, and she left. She knew everything was all closed up, so she left and came back. All the cupboards were open. All the pots and pans were all over the kitchen floor. The things in the front room were thrown over the place. The the ashtray was on the floor. You know, like every day like someone came in, there was like rans- ransacking the entire place. Like everything was just messed right up. So oh Lord, she's trying to figure out, if, so who we'll in the house. But how could you break in the house? Because the door was locked and all the windows were closed. So she she's thinking someone broke in, but at the same time, there's no way they could have broken in because nothing was taken, just everything thrown around the place. So again, now she's wondering who playing these tricks on her. She say, oh, but daughter ain't come here and do some fool. So she waiting for her daughter come back. You know what I mean? She cleaned up because at the time police it wasn't like police today. You don't call the police. I mean, people didn't even have phones back then like that. Very, very few houses had telephones. So you had to walk to a police station somewhere. So she wasn't going to a lot. She just cleaned up, but she didn't wait for her daughter. And asked her daughter when she came in the night, did you come home today? The like, no, I've been to work all day. Well, who throw the stuff around here? And like, again, an argument not knowing what was going on. Anyway, this started to happen a lot more frequently. Things getting moved around, the bed getting thrown around the place, parts getting thrown out. Sometimes she would hang clothes um, out on the line, and she would come back and the clothes on the floor, or she would bring the clothes in and put them on the couch to fold them up and then find them on the next couch. Like simple things she was talking about, saying that they just just weird things happening. So now she's getting nervous. She knows something going on. Because it happening too much now. It just the frequency just happening too too much to be a coincidence. So she knows something happening. So she said she opened up the house and she sat down, having a smoke. And then she heard the rocks on the roof. Cut, 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 cut. Like someone just throwing a bunch of rocks. And she hearing children laughing. So she knows she could catch them now. Boy, she get up and she run outside to look for these children. No one inside. In fact, when she started shouting, one of the neighbors tell her, um, you know school's still in, right? <laughs> so she said, down like, no, no, she knows she had children laughing, and she know they was throwing these rocks on the roof. So she gone inside and sat down, start taking a pipe and is about to smoke it. And when she gone to her pipe, this rock, like someone threw this rock into the yard, it bounced on the floor and then bounced on the porch and stopped by the door. So she looked at this rock like, who who brazen enough to throw this rock? And this wasn't a small rock. This was a big rock. Like, you know, you go to fight, big rock. But she looked at the rock and this it was a dirty rock. It was like a rock that you dig up. Like if you had a soily background and it been in there for a while, you dig up a rock and move it, you know, that type of look, that dark soil but dry soil almost like what was on the boots so she recognized this type of soil she's like well who she gone outside look outside no one around so of course she get mad so she pick up the rock boy and fling the rock crossing the bushes you're laughing people and then start cussing on about again go and sit down you know um start like Stuffing a pipe, she gonna smoke whatever you stuff it with. I don't know how pipes work, but she's stuffing a pipe. out getting ready to go, go light her pipe and start to smoke. So while she started doing that, while she said Google the rock, the rock gets through back. So she look at out out the door, looked down, and the rock right there where it was the first time. Oh Lord, all the blood gave her again. So her belly started bubbling, cause she's like, what's the possibility? That someone could find the exact same rock that she just threw across in the bushes. Not no little, little small bush. I mean, like bush, like four or five feet high, all kind of trees and stuff that being there for years. That type of bush. You can't walk in that and find no one rock. How the hell does rock get thrown right back on the star step? So, Lord, she getting dead nervous now, dead nervous. Like what she could do, what she could do, what she could do. She say, like, oh, no, 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 no. I remember last time I threw the boots away in the, in the back. So she picked that rock up again, going down the road. And fling it in the bushes again. Going back, you know, mumbling in the bread. Boy, if that get thrown back? Look here, I don't know, boy, I know what's happening with these people. Like, I cussed them out. So she gone inside. This time, because, you know, all her belly bubbling and everything, she had to use the bathroom. <laughs> so she gone to the bathroom. Remember I told you, when you open the door, you walk through that front room. In the hallway, slightly to the right was the bathroom door. So if she opened that door, if I stand at the front door, I could see straight to the bathroom. So she gone to the bathroom, sit on the toilet, boy, and she doing what she got to do while she's sitting there. The rock come flying through the front door and land in front of her in the bathroom. Say so all the belly break, doll. Oh She ain't know what the hell happened. she know something going on, but she don't know what happened. Lord, she clean herself up, quick, take that rock. And she fling it the opposite way now across the road. So she threw it that way. Going inside and start closing up. It's like, y'all ain't throwing nothing inside here no more. So she closed the front door, closed the back door, put the window down, everything. (sighs) Sitting down now, waiting for her daughter to say, oh, I can't wait till she comes. Boy, something going on. We got to deal with this. While she about to light her pipe, the rock come through the window, break the window, fly in the china closet and land and stop right there. Why is she looking at the rock? Because she thrown back in the chair. She looking at it like, what the hell happened? The little ashtray that was on the table rose up in front of her, began to spin and burst into little pieces. My Lord, she starts screaming, oh, she starts screaming and she tried to open the door, but the door wouldn't open. She tried to push. Cause these are the doors you had to open on the outside. So she putting her body onto it, trying to knock this door down, but she can't get this door to open then like it ain't lo- like she already unlocked the latch. This wasn't like, you know, nowadays you got the doors where you have a, the handle and you could just do the latch where your dad. dead. There was no dead, but it's just a latch. That's what they had to lock doors back then. So she unlocked the latch, but she can't like someone pushing the door from the other side, she can't get this door open. So she knocking at it screaming, ah, open the door, open the door. The back door fly open. All the cupboards open up, all the pots and pans getting through it. It's like someone knocking them on the floor and taking them outside. So they on the floor, bouncing around the place, all over the place, all the thing in the china closet, shaking the table, shaking all the chairs, start rattling. It's like the entire house, like like a giant took the entire house and started just shaking it up and down. That's how she described it. Like there's just someone shaking the house up and down. When she finally bust open the door, like whatever was behind the door, let her out. She fall along on the porch, get up and just scrambling to get out. Cause now the neighbors hearing us screaming, and they hearing all this rocketed noise. Even if it was going on across there, what's happening? What the neighbors now describe was that okay. Uh, first of all, before because I, I know you are getting excited about this, there's there's some exaggeration of what happened versus versus what actually happened. Growing up, I heard people said that look at the pot, the rocks was palting people, and pots was chasing persons and all kind of stuff. What actually happened was that the rocks. Let me told you that the entire property had a bunch of little rocks. All of these rocks were bouncing like it was an earthquake. So they were just bouncing on the ground. You hear all the noise in the pots and pans in the back door. The trees were being shaken. The, these are mature coconut trees are being shaken. And as they being shaken, the coconuts are dropping. When they hit the floor, they bouncing up and down on the floor, which is so weird because is this property, there's a vacant property on the side of her. There's a property across the road. Nothing else is moving. Except for what's on this property, everything just starts shaking like crazy, and so this just started going on. Why don't she break off running? Cause she goin' and running. And it's the woman who can't walk, mind you. They say she break off running down the road, but she was running to the police station. Now the only police station she could get too close, I think, was was um, on East Street Central. Because Quackle Street wasn't there. Wolf Road Police Station wasn't there as yet. Yeah, this how <laughs> back then you didn't have all these police stations. So she'd go on break off running to go to Central to get the police. So this is how you get to that point. Now, this happened before three o'clock. This is like, remember I told you, the rocks always happen around but midday. So from midday, all this stuff started happening, So that by the time it was in full bloom, just pure poltergeist, whatever, this was getting close to when school was out. Outing. Now, she ran up there, ran up to the police station, tell them what's going on. They laughing at her. And then she left them and went to one church. I don't know which church. There's some, another church on East Street. So I don't know. There's a couple churches out there. It might have been where um, WV this Church. It might have been in that, because That's an older church. But they say a church on East Street that she went or someone took her there. I don't know. And they tried to find this pastor. No, it had to be in on, is it East Street or Blue? Because they say it was either Anglican or Catholic preach. Because they said he came there all dressed up in his whatever, priestly robes or whatever like that. So when what happened is people were stopping as they were, you know, just walking about the day, like, what's going on with this house? What's happening there? So people just started looking around. And of course, those who in the neighborhood had a phone or just word started to spread so fast that it spread all the way up to the newspaper people and spread to the police station. It was like, oh, this woman was telling the truth. So all of them came down Yeah, They got the fire department and all kinds of persons and everybody surrounding this house. Trying to figure out what the hell is going on, so finally, this is where the pastor now. This is before school, opened. school open. School doesn't open. I mean, school hasn't uh, closed this yet for three o'clock. So now, so only adults mainly are there, or adults and small children. So here it is now. The pastor, whoever this person or priest, went there. And of course, they started reading from a book, because from what I understand, this is where I I heard this account more from one on one person. He's reading from this little black book and reading some stuff and whatever. And him and it was someone else with him and he walking around the place, like from left to right, reading, 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 reading. He finally gone through the gate, reading like as he read, he would walk closer and closer to the house till he got in the yard and he was walking in the in the house. It seemed like it was working, they said. Because things on the outside started to slow down, you know. Things um we're not bouncing as much anymore. So it's like, oh, he's working and he's working, he's doing whatever he to do because people are still trying to figure out what's going on. But when he reached inside, and you'll hear this story, when people say that the priest got chased, he got chased because now the rocks started flying up and poking him. So he getting burst up in his bag, getting bust up from these little rocks flying up. Like when he tried to go into the house, the rocks just started flying after him, socking him a boy, socking, but, 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 to the point that even her shoes that was inside, the shoes came out and was like trying to kick him. <laughs> this, and that's, where that, that's where that story come from, where they say the pastor got kicking his hip. Like the shoes was coming out. So now you have clothes all over the floor, bouncing rocks, bouncing. The pastor getting socked by so much rocks, he have to leave. So he left the yard because when he left the yard, the rocks stopped halting him. So by this time, school out and everybody's seeing all this. Well, what's going on with this crowd? You know, we be him is being nosy. We got to go check out what's going on. So everybody gone walking up there to see what's happening. And that's where that picture was taken. If you go in the newspaper, but all these people around this place, because everybody looking at it, the police were trying to keep them back from the house because the closer you get to the house, a rock would just come flying from there and boost you in your head. (laughs) You know, so a lot of things were happening. People were getting um, hit by parts or whatever. If you got too close, rocks, the coconuts and like all this was going on. Now, I don't know how long this happened. I don't know if it just happened for a few hours and it stopped. But from what I understand, from the person who told me, and I corroborated with some other people in the neighborhood when I asked him about it, they said this, they say it was an African guy. Now, the reason why they say it was an African guy is because he was wearing, from how they describe it, a dashiki. The only person I knew around that era, who wore dashikis, was like um, Kalfani, you know, Kalfani always is into that African type thing. I, it wasn't him, though, because I, I spoke to him about it, it wasn't him. But someone came there wearing a full, full bled, full bloom dashiki looking African type thing, and they said he had this, like a tail or something in his hand, like a, like a, a cow's tail or something in his hand that he come around there, and he went and started speaking in this different language. Now, again, by the timeline, I don't know if it happened that exact same day or the next day or when this happened. But they said this guy came there and he started walking around uh, the property and speaking this language with this tail thing in his hand and, and doing something. And as he began to spoke or speak, sorry, spoke, but as he began to speak, everything started to slow down. So the rocks stopped bouncing, the trees start being shaken and everything. And he was able to enter the yard And he kept on talking, 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 walking around the house, talking. And then he finally was able to enter the house and like quell all this thing. The word is that when he finished with the house, he asked people who lived here. And when they told him the story that, oh, so-and-so used to live there, he said, well, where is he buried? They told him at cemetery. So he went to the cemetery. And again, he told people to stay because the police was with him. And he told them, uh, he told them, uh, stay away. And he went in the cemetery and again, speaking this language. No one knows what the language was. Of course, because no one, uh, the you know, he's xenophobic. We don't, we don't pay attention to language. But anyway, he went to the cemetery and speaking this language and went to the gravesite and did what he had to do. So it seems as if it was over. The story of the haunted house in Centerville was completed. I pause there because those who lived in the area know that it wasn't over. Something didn't get put back. And this is why I say there's more to the story than we know. This is what people talk about, you know, because it was a recorded event and a lot of people witness it. But what happened the years after is something different. And I'm going to give you a precursor because I'm going to end this story, but I'm going to give you a precursor to other stories and how to start. This is why history is so important for us to pay attention to. You have to know the whole history of Centerville or Collins Avenue in particular. And this goes back to understanding who built Collins wall. Now Collins wall, we've always known this because like I said, I grew up in the area and I used to go to, William Gordon. So we used to run along the wall to get to school. It divided different parts of the neighborhood of Centerville. So if you lived in the wall areas, of course, people called you a little bit bougie (laughs) because you were able to afford property there. But on the outskirts, you would find that, you know, smaller homes and people who were not so well off would live in that area. So it was um, considered, I guess, high profile. You had a lot of persons I don't know if you guys remember um Yamaha, like the place up on um further up towards the hill, like a lot of businesses were in that area, and they were owned by a lot of white people, and there were a lot of white folks who lived in that area. There were a few blacks who lived in there, but there were some, so you were considered to be you know kind of affluent because of that. so there's a wall that runs the end of it is right where this house is, and it runs. Um, to the west towards, what's the name of that street? Um, I can't remember. But anyway, it runs to the west and then it runs to the east and it stops for a bit. It's not that wide. If, if you look at property size, about four properties deep on both sides besides the road. So Collins Road kind of divides it. So imagine from that school, though, that's the best point I want you to imagine, from the school William Gordon or Columbus Primary, whatever it's called now, all the way up to Shirley Street. That's the entire estate of, I can't remember his name, but his last name was Collins. He was a governor or something that came from England. He was granted this property. So he used to do cotton, I understand, cotton and sisal maybe, but I know for sure cotton. So he did have slaves. And so his slaves built that wall. Like I'd say, it's all built out of limestone. It's about nine feet, maybe 10 feet tall. There used to be like wire at the top because you would see like a bent uh, rebar at the top of the circle on the top of it. So obviously wire used to be on it. And this wall used to run from the school all the way up to Shirley Street. That mansion at the top of the hill. So if you're on Shirley Street and you're passing, what is that now? Um, The radio station. It's not 100 there eh? or where it used to be. The radio station right across from that is this mansion with a big yard. It used to be a part, I think a school one time was a part of PMH one time. It was a. It They keep changing it. But that is the house. They call it Collins house. That was his, his house, his main house. So imagine that being the main house and then straight over the hill was all of his estate. I think oranges too. My grandmother told me that, that there were orange trees on, on the property and some other fruit trees. She should tell me about that as well. But what she also told me was that they used to bury the slaves at the back of the property. And that got my attention. I say, what do you mean the back of the property? She said, yeah, this is, you know, down to the back where the house is, that, that there is the back of the property. Now, I don't know how big the gravesite was, but she said that's not the only one. I mean, what do you mean? That's not the only one. There is another school. Um, I think it's called Centerville Primary or something like that. That's further up. They said, that used to be a grave site. I'm like, are you kidding me? What you mean? People just build things already saying, no, you can't corroborate that. Now, this is just words. So I've never seen any written history about it. I'm only going to tell you the story of people who lived in that area. You know, I only could tell you that I cannot corroborate that because so little information is, 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 has been recorded. About it, But this is what I was told, that the back of that property used to be the grave. And more of the slaves lives further down in the back there. So I would think from how she described it, from where that school is, Centerville Primary back is where the slaves used to live. And then further towards the wall is where the gravesite used to be. And when she told me that, everything came flooding back to me that I was told as a child or things that I might've saw or anything in that area, whenever I was passing through that area and everything happened within that space, you know, and these are other stories I'm going to talk about, but there are so many stories. I'll tell you the stories about the funeral home. I'll tell you the story about the little boy. I'll tell you the story about the woman who liked to follow you home. I'll tell you the story about the taxi driver. I'll tell you the story, um, Oh, about the dog pack, the wolf man or dog man, as they call him. I'll tell you a story about like in this area within that that small area that she mentioned of where the slaves used to be. That's where the activity always happened. And so growing up and when I got this story, I was, of course, I was a little older now. I went back to some of the people who live in the area who I knew and started asking them questions. And then more stories came out. And they were all within that area. So this is why those people we talked about, it, we deemed it the Centerville Ghosts for that reason. Now, I don't know those who were further up to the north, toward closer towards Collin House, if they had any situations happening. But I only tell you what happened from pretty much, um, I think the best way to describe it is what's on that corner, where that restaurant used to be, used to be the Crab House. And then was another restaurant. I think now they're tearing it down to Bill, some two-story building. Okay. So this is 2021, no matter how long this thing may last. But there's there's a new two-story building that's being built across from the road from Island Luck. I think that's the best way to describe it. Everybody know where Island Luck is. So from that light all the way down towards the school. Those were the areas where a lot of these things or where the stories that I've heard of came up came from. So I've heard a lot of these stories. And so this is why I wanted to get this out, just to let you guys know that hey, this is a story, it's been documented. That is the history of that photo that you're going to find in the newspaper because this is what happened. This is a secondhand account that I've heard about it. Most of the other stories are also secondhand accounts. Some are firsthand and some I could tell you from my own experience. So this is a ghost story here in Nassau, the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. Um.